0: This holiday weekend. I'm Lynn Venhouse.
1: I'm Carl Middleman. And my name's Jim Tudor. Hi, Jim Tudor. You're in for Dan this week. So, Jim is the president of the St. Louis Film Critics Association. What is our official name? Because it's, it's changed like three times. It's the
0: St.
2: S- Louis Film Critics
0: Association. I had it right. Yes. I loved it. Yay. It's when they did the charter they had they were called the Gateway Critics and that's why some people still have that title but no we don't that's me. Yes. Um, after I
1: just told everyone yeah. please turn your phones off. I know, I'm sorry. That's all right, I'm Lynn. professional. Um, Here's our table of contents for the week. We're going to talk about Jim Tudor here in just a second and what his life is all about. At minute 31, we're going to talk about Aladdin. At minute 52, we're going to talk about Smart. At minute 1 hour and 3 minutes, we're going to talk about the new movie Photograph. An hour and 5 minutes, we're going to talk about new DVDs this week. And at 1 hour and 16 minutes, we will talk what the new movies and trailers are. That's okay. I we're need, just, We're I all need. still here, and it's all right. And so
2: Jim's the president. Thank you, I Mr.
1: Am.
0: President. Yes, and tell us about your outlets, Jim.
2: My outlets as a film critic. Yes. My outlets as a film critic are uh, since 2005 the website now known as Screen Anarchy. Uh, folks may have known it better back in the day as Twitch Film not yes. to be confused with Twitch the This was before that. Yes, the video game thing or whatever they doing. But luckily you could have like glammed onto
1: that if once Twitch like took off.
2: Well, there was a whole behind the scenes ordeal and it got sorted out and uh, it was decided that, you know, Anarchy um, Anarchy's much better than Twitching. Screen Anarchy was yeah, it was not my decision. I'm not I am merely a contributor to that site. I just happen to be the longest Surviving contributor at this point from the old regime, from the old regime. Yeah, I got in there in the first six months, I think. So it's nice that that, um, you know, I was just kind of doing uh, uh, film criticism for a friend's site, which was you know one of these kind of small sites. Uh, and I was just doing that to get my feet wet, and then his buddy started Twitch film, and I got into the and I was just kind of waved in, and that blew up huge, mm-hmm. not by anything I contributed because you know they cover strange and bizarre films from around the world uh, breaking news and that kind of thing um a few years ago back in oh gosh this is longer ago than that it's 2012 i started uh, co-founded a website, uh website and non for profit organization called zeke film which is yes. devoted to uh, uh furthering the cause of cinema in the community
1: and, I have uh, contributed
2: to that. Yes, he So yes. Has Lynn. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, we try to do events and things around. And also we have our own website. And uh, you can find some writing by our friend Max Foyze there. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Jim Batts, has, uh, our fellow uh, critic, has, has popped in now and then uh, for a video podcast. So uh, lots of great stuff there. Lots of writing and Blu-ray reviews and new release reviews and things at ZekeFilm.org. Um, that one is my baby.
0: And you also work in the biz. Yeah, sometimes.
2: Not so much <laughs> not so much these days, but yes. He's kind of, well, he's pushing that aside. Yeah, no, but you, should be, had, you, should be you proud of that. Yeah, you, sh- you, sh- you have film credits. I do. I, I worked in the, uh, well, I went to film school to work in film production. And uh, yeah, I, I got, uh, in 1998, I got my first professional job working on an NBC miniseries that was filming here in St. Louis called, a will of their own starring this Leah Thompson
0: uh filmed at Joy and Ron's house. Yeah,
2: Ron and Joy's house. That was <laughs> quite the house too. I I was in the set decor, set decorating crew, so we're glorified furniture movers. And again, this was my first professional job. Uh, we would show up with our truck full of stuff, take all their stuff out, put all our stuff in and hope we didn't break anything. And that was And the- if, and if you did, they'd still pay for it. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't matter. That was a network budget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that film was murder, but I was too green to know any better. So then, uh, yeah, over the years, I continued on whenever a film would come into St. Louis. Most of the time I'd work on it, with the exception of the George Clooney film Up in, Up in the, the air. air.
1: You didn't work on that one. I
2: did not. I was asked to work on it five times, but I had to turn them down all five times because um, I was at the time wearing another one of my professional hats that I haven't mentioned yet, film editor. I was editing a, a, a TV show, a travel show, um, for what network? No network. It, it was a kind of fly-by-night thing, and you might know the guy who Had it ran the by thing. His and uh, I don't want to mention All right. uh, that because it wound up not being a good experience. Oh, but I was. So, editing. would you have
1: rather worked on the Clooney film?
2: Mm, yes. Okay. Yes, I would have made more money, and I would have been with people I know. It would have been a grind. It was hard work. I know that that movie was hard. But um, did for, they did they cool down the airport for that, or did they just leave it hot? Oh, I'm sure they just left it hot. Uh-huh. They until Clooney walked in, right? And then, then they, they made... would yes. Then the air conditioners would come on. But uh, right up until that moment, no. Uh, that's how it is to work on things. You uh, you sweat a lot when it's the summertime, and uh, they don't turn on AC for the. Uh, for the crews, unfortunately. Just for the cast. Yeah, so well, that's... no, just for the top liners. And,
0: and, and your last film was a big one.
2: That's true. The, well, it was my second to last, actually, but, uh, or, th- I don't know. I've got... There's so I, many credits. Something... I worked on... I worked The Lynn's referring to Gone Girl. Um, Cape Girardeau, I was the... Uh, I, I had a solitary credit on that. I was not part of a bigger crew. I was the set deck buyer. So it was my job to drive around and buy all of the... Set dressing, which you would see on screen uh, in in Gone Girl for the Missouri portion, which shot for three months. Uh, well, f- I worked three months. It shot not quite that long in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And uh, so, how long is your name on screen as it's scrolling up? Oh, well, yeah, you, you know, average length of time. It's actually separated from the other names. So once you Ooh. sit through five minutes of of L.A. credits, you get to Missouri unit. And then you know, different names for the same jobs start to appear, and my name is is uh, in the art department cluster of that.
0: And we uh, applauded. Yeah, it was great, <laughs> and,
2: and and my wife was there, uh, sitting next to me, and she said, "Gosh, I, I think for the first time in our marriage, I'm proud of you." <laughs> no, I, I, She didn't say that, but I, I think that's. But that's what she. That's matched. what I heard. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. She was proud, and it was hard. Um, It was hard. I basically had to leave her alone. uh, With your children. With three kids and pregnant with the fourth at the time. Mm. Yes. But then seeing your name on screen made it all worth it. Made it all worth it. And
0: working with Fincher.
2: Good Lord. Yeah, David Fincher, the director of Gone Girl, uh, one of the most notoriously meticulous film directors. uh, Was it that bad? Well... It was, and it wasn't. Uh, Here's the thing about Fincher. Um, Every director has their, you know, that you work for, has their own kind of wants and lists, and, uh, you know, you do it my way or this way or that way. Um, And they think, you know, their heads are too big. Uh, David Fincher, uh, by contrast, has earned his big head. (laughs) Um, So he's somebody that... I went in as a film buff, I went in knowing that this is one person who's probably worth pleasing professionally here um, to make the film look the way he does. Now, I was handed as buyer, uh, starting off on that film, a very rigid list. Of, I need a uh, lamp from 1927. Well, no, not quite, but color palette. Okay. You know, and also angles. I need angles, a red lamp. Angles. Like everything had to be like 90 degree angles as much as possible and beige and the, uh you know, on either end did of the page. Did it have beige. to match or did it have to just be close enough? It, it had, had to... to be close. Okay. Yeah, close. And then, you know, I just ran around and spent 20th Century Fox's money for a long time and if. Something was in doubt. I would run it by my superiors, and they would okay it. And then, then some I, right in the first few days, I located a jukebox in Chesterfield Mall. And they wanted a certain kind of jukebox, the ugly kind from the 70s, not with all the neon, but just the box-looking jukeboxes yeah. for this bar that Ben Affleck's sister owned. And you never see it on screen, Kari by the way. Yeah, yeah, you never see the jukebox. In fact, you only <laughs> ever see the bar from one wide shot angle, right. so you don't. When, he, uh, when
1: she's behind the bar and he's sitting at it.
2: Exactly, that's the only shot. Now, there were more scenes in the bar that they filmed that didn't end up in a movie. But, uh, is
1: the jukebox in any of those?
2: I don't think so.
0: I I have no idea. I was you
2: didn't watch the uh, deleted scenes. No, I I wasn't there when they filmed it. Um, for for the most part, I was running around shopping for the next thing. So did you get compliments? Oh yeah. See, that's the thing. The jukebox story, um, they, they went ahead and sent the photo of the jukebox to Fincher. And I'm just like, what? Oh no, Oh no, I'm sweating, you know, oh, gosh, you know, this is where it could all end. Cause I'm hearing stories like the on set dresser, you know, usually it's just a job that, you know, somebody in the art department just, you know, hires somebody that they know can do the job. And the director himself never gets involved on that level of hiring. Uh, for the on-set dresser, David Fincher uh, has two-hour Skype calls with these people to vet them. Here's what I watch. That's how mm-hmm. meticulous and controlling that Fincher is. Um, but that said, like I like I said, you watch his movies and you can see that you know there's a payoff here. The other thing is Fincher does a lot of takes. Right, um, that's what he's known for. He does he does upwards of and 70. he'll use the
0: first one most of the time. Yeah, he does upwards of seventy takes. One of my I call him play kids. I've directed in plays, and uh, he went to Semo, and he works in a news station there, and he got a job as an extra, being one of the one of the, the towns news people? crew. For the when they have the press conferences in the yard and he said this one was it was fifty takes and he had haul all this gear up a incline and he said Fincher would go one more and then he would smile real big at him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Come on, one more. Yeah.
0: Now what happened when you got your
2: jukebox emailed to Fincher? What did oh, they say? Uh Fincher um boy, he said uh he replied, Looks good, I guess. I was over the moon. I was over the moon. That's that's as much as a compliment he's going to give. I I knew then that I had a job because I I wasn't quite in the door then. I was, um, you know, what happened was the uh, set decorator, um, this is a guy who got a lot of great credits, you know, has worked on things, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan films and all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. And he came into St. Louis uh, to meet with me. And I was going to spend uh, two or three days just driving him around to the vendors in St. Louis to see, well, where can we get window shades and where can we get furniture and where can we get office stuff and where can we get things that look like it'd be in a police station, whatever. And uh, we just drove around and I, I pointed up all these places that I had over my career accumulated the like knowledge Hullabaloo? of. No, that's clothes. That's that's not <laughs> our department. We're doing furniture and you know things that hang on walls. Well, share, and share
1: a secret. Where did you take them? The one, just one place. Um, secondhand furniture store.
2: A great um, furniture rental place that's been very good to me over the years. Called McGuire Furniture Rental, out off of um, off of oh, where is that? Up by kind of by Westport Plaza. Okay. In that area. Uh, off a of page. Yeah, they would rent furniture um, for productions, and they've been they've been very good to us. So on that movie, I was able to actually buy. Uh, these metal desks that um, Fincher wanted for the police station. And we did, we dressed the police station in Cape Girardeau, but they ended up uh, reshooting it in LA. But with my With your desk. Yeah, it was all the stuff, all the <laughs> So they had to ship all their stuff and, out to LA. Oh yeah, that happens at the end of every movie. Um, all, the, all the crap, can I say they that? They keep it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they buy it. And, and then it goes on to trucks and into a black hole of set dressing out in LA somewhere, never to be seen again, presumably. Right. That's, that's, and that happened here. Of course, then this stuff turned up. I'm sitting here watching the movie all those months later when it opened. Hey, I bought that. And I'm like, that's not our police station. I didn't know they'd reshot it. That's not our police station, but, but all the stuff I know where I got, mm -hmm. that's the, this from that store. And that's the partition from this office supply place. And, there's a lot of boneyards, you know, where uh, in town, where every town has them. You know, when a restaurant goes out of business, what happens to all the, you know, Dishes. stuff in the kitchen, right? All of that. Well, they have and, usually have the sale, right? Well, they, they try to the, get as much money as they can. They have the sale, but then you know the stuff ends up in these just kind of semi warehouse kind of businesses, and um, and and yeah, they're those kind of places. Um, you know, some of them are harder to work with than others, but. Uh, I know them, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we we would go there, and I'd, and you use yeah, them, use them. So yeah, all this stuff from those types of places. Also, just a lot of going to like you know Home Depot and and Staples, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For new stuff, just like clutter on desks and things. <laughs> you need a lot of that. And so, what was the last film you worked? Uh, that was a very small film called Marshall, the Miracle Dog, now known as Marshall's Miracle. Yes, on the Hallmark Channel and yeah. a DVD. Oh, is it on the Hallmark Channel? Yeah. See, I've still not seen it.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. I need to see it. I... You need to be a woman of a certain age, like Lynn and my wife, watching Hallmark Channel all the well, time. Well, this is, this
2: is a kid's movie. I mean, every scene had a dog in it. it it's a very sweet little movie. Um, I expected it to not really be any good, but I heard it kind of was good.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a true story. Uh, well, Jay Kanzler directed so it. What? That's why I know about. it. Uh, and uh, yeah. also, uh, I did a story with uh, oh, oh That's the actress, Jillian Jill Barnes. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I did a whole piece on it, and yeah. then it got changed to the different names. But I was showing the trailer online, social media. And a friend of mine said, that's the house I grew up in. So I always think that's fun. <laughs> it is.
2: Now,
1: now, do you ever get to meet the talent? Or oh, sure.
2: Because
1: yeah. they're all just hanging around at craft I've, services? I've had
2: some weird run-ins. Um, I don't, like I said, most of the time I don't hang around on set, although there have been many times over the years where I have found myself kind of stranded on set or waiting for something to happen, or I get asked, and you know. so is the talent. Yeah, and so is the talent. So you It's just a lot
1: up- of wait. A lot of people don't realize yes. in movies and television, there is, it's hurry up and wait. It's
0: boring. Get there at 6, and you're going to shoot at 10, but you're scheduled to shoot at 7. And then they have to light, so you have to wait for the lighting, and then you have to you have to wait that's why they're all in the on big budgets they have the trailers now uh when you were doing um Mar- uh, another film shiloh, shiloh you met scott wilson and so when he yeah. passed you had a nice story about oh him. yeah
2: my scott wilson story thank you for reminding me that's that's probably my favorite um yeah scott wilson who has uh, died uh, recently um, great guy, by the way. He's worked in St. Louis a number of times. Um, I, I just worked on him with a, on a children's film, another dog movie. Uh, this one shot in 2005 out in Pacific, Missouri, primarily, and it is called Saving Shiloh. It is the third film of the Shiloh dog film series. If you are familiar with them. Are you familiar? I am not. Okay. Well, you know, go to when you're next time you're at a like department store and you see the D V D shelf and there's like four movies on one disc for five bucks, there's almost always the Shiloh Dog series is one of those. And and the Shiloh my, Collection. My Shiloh, <laughs> yeah, is is one of those movies, the third one. And it's good. It's it's for that kind of thing, it's good. It's I for mean, kids. Yeah, it's not gonna blow your mind. It's Does the dog talk? Dog does not talk. Dog oh. doesn't talk in either dog movie I did. Yay. Um but uh and, and by the way, Jay Kanzler's dog movie uh, was apparently pretty good. I'd love to see it one of these days and Jay was fine to uh, be uh, I, I didn't really you know engage with him much since I was away from the set but um, by all counts he was uh, terrific. Anyhow, there's that. Um, so you're
0: Scott Wilson's story
2: Scott uh, yeah so anyway uh. <laughs> my job was to do the uh, do the shed for Scott Wilson's character who is in all three Shiloh films. Um, he's this old buzzard character, and you know—is he the owner of the dog? No, no. Well, at, in the first movie, he was, and okay. then he wouldn't let the boy have the dog. The dog bonds with the boy. He mistreats the dog. He beats the dog. Oh, so he's the, boy, the, hes the villain in he, the first in one. the first movie. Yes, um, but then by the end of the first one, he he's has, just a curmudgeonly old man. He's a curmudgeonly old man, and he has a change of heart at the end. Spoiler alert of the first Shiloh. Which that one they had a budget for? Uh, that one was but, probably theatrical. Uh, yes, and uh, but there was St. Louis people involved. Like Dale Rosenthal, I think, is you know a big involved with the Rams in some capacity. Um, anyhow, the so third, you you worked I'm on the doing, third one with Scott. Yes, Scott Wilson's shed was my job. They got this old house that was about to fall apart out in the. You know, out in the middle of nowhere in Pacific, which is saying something. And, and, uh, they, I, I went and bought, we love you, Pacific. Yeah, I just went and bought all this rusty junk from like flea markets. You made Pacific look worse than Pacific. Oh, I, I winter's boned that thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, we, uh, I, I made the shed just this pile of junk and garbage and rusty things and furniture with the stuffing ripped out of it and all this stuff. You know, I think we probably spent about $225 in all on that set, which is, you know. Which is a lot more. Yeah, nothing. And uh, anyways, I'm I'm in there and I'm sweating. It's 110 degrees outside that summer. And oh my gosh, I'm just sweating. It was my first time ever to be set decorator on a movie, which is a bigger job than the one I described previously uh, where I was a glorified furniture mover. This was, I had a lot of responsibility for the first time. And I, and then in walks Scott Wilson, and it's just him and I. And I'm like, uh-oh. And he's done this two other times. Why uh-oh? This is his character, mm-hmm. and he knows what this house should he look like. He knows this is his set. This is his set. He looks, he's looking around. He's got his hands on his hips, and he's kind of looking around. And he sees me, and I kind of you know adjust something on the wall. And he looks, and he goes, outstanding.
1: Good. Yeah. It's nice when they're nice to the, yeah. the low-line people. But he
2: meant it. Carl, good. That was, <laughs> was good.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, if yeah. anybody is unfamiliar with Scott Wilson, he was one of the original uh, uh, killers in In Cold Blood. Correct. With mm-hmm. Robert Blake, mm-hmm. and was he Dick or Perry? I can't Don't, remember. I do not know. Yeah. And then he's been. Uh, he was in the original Great Gatsby with Robert Redford and Mia Farrow. He was the husband that gets the shaft. Mm-hmm. He was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he wasn't quite a bit and didn't he have a quite a TV career later sure. on? Yeah, he was in all kinds of things and
2: but you'd never know it when you hung out with him, you know, and we got him at towards the end of his he career. He wasn't pretentious. Not at all. He was fantastic. Just a working a working dude. At the end of the day all about he, the would, work. he would go over to the trucks and uh, and the crew would kinda come over and he'd he'd have some beer and everybody'd be just kinda hanging out. That's nice. Paid for by the studio. Maybe.
1: Or unless he did it. Well, he right. was probably making a very comfortable living. He was doing all after right. being doing his career for fifty some years. Yeah,
0: and he was quite. He was one of those reliable supporting yeah. character actors. Yeah, Scott you Wilson. know, people. One of those guys. Yeah, that you you know when you see him. And then your newest uh, fa- faction of your career. Tell people about that. Well, now I'm uh, teaching at Webster University,
2: and of all this stuff I've talked about thus far, uh, this is my favorite. Uh, finally, teaching. Teaching. Yes. I'm teaching. They, uh, I've been trying to do this for years. I've taught here and there just for free and smaller avenues and whatnot. Just, um, you know, teaching anybody who'd come and listen to me teach, uh, lecturing about film and film history and cinema and film theory and whatever it is, you know, doing movie nights. Um, that's what Zeke film is actually supposed to be all about. Um, and now you're doing it in practice. Now I'm doing it in practice, and yes. And the youngsters. They're paying <laughs> getting me. getting paid. <laughs> they're paying me, not very much. But, uh, yeah, I'm an adjunct faculty uh, instructor uh, at Webster University so, teaching uh, history of animation. We ooh. just wrapped that up in the spring.
1: So if students want to find you, how do they find you?
2: Oh, well, you can find me at, uh, on, well, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Jim Tutor. Um I am, let's see, Twitter. Gosh, I don't use that very much. Well, then don't. At uh, Jim Tudor Film. And G- also at Zeke Film. And Zeke Film. Yeah, zekefilm.org. That's Z-E-K-E-F-I-L-M.org. You can go to that website and uh, try to get a hold of us through that. And,
0: and yeah. uh, your class is full next year, and, and you're going to teach a Star Wars film. Uh, yeah,
2: and we're always nice. looking for good writers, by the way, at Zeke Film. So if you like to write about movies or even video blog or whatever, we'll take that um you know it's a it's a labor of love we do that but yeah next semester i'm teaching a star wars course um what's the title Webster. it's called star wars a journey through cinema media and culture so are you going to give your class extra cr- oh will it be will nine be out I don't know. in the last
1: week i think i think we'll probably just miss it. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: we'll just miss it uh, i'm gonna but have you'll to-
1: have seen it before the class will have seen it
2: Probably, but uh, I don't think they'll get to see it. I mean, these classes wrap up mid-December usually, mm-hmm, right. and this one will
1: And It's, it's supposed right. to come out like the third week of December, so it's going to... Your final assignment,
2: go see episode nine. Yeah, I'm worried that I'll have someone in the room who's prowling the boards on the web for spoilers, and they'll well, just th- start blurting things well, out. Well,
1: then do what all the Game of Thrones professors did. Just say no spoilers, and if you're spoiled, you fail.
2: They're Game of Thrones professors? Yes, Oh, wow. Literary professor, because it started out as a book. So how many Star Wars professors are there? I tried to find out how many classes like this there have been over the years, and I could only find like three, and they didn't look like they're going to be like mine.
1: Well, you know, most of them, they do the uh, Hero's Journey classes. That's right. That's the, the Joseph Campbell yeah. kind of— From history, kind of stuff. But yours is going to be different.
2: Mine's going to be, you know, cinema and culture based. Uh, The Joseph Campbell Heroes Journey stuff will, of course, have to factor in at some point. Because Lucas stole everything. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, and that but that push to the past and the Japanese samurai movies. Correct, and we'll watch
2: one of those. You know, right?
1: Yeah, so um, you'll see where C three PO and R two D two came from. Japanese movies or
2: Metropolis, by, right? Uh, Fritz Lang. Yeah, we'll we'll do these kind of things, and I'm already uh, you have your syllabus ready. It's not quite ready, but it's May, Carl. Right. I've got, I've got three months. but I've He showed
0: I've... a picture of all his books he's going to use. That's not all. How many books are you going
1: to make them read?
2: One. One?
1: That's and not bad. Yeah. How
2: yeah. many credits is it? I think it'll just be three, although it's a four-hour – a uh, uh, per week course because you show films because, two and two. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just going to be a four hour block on Tuesday oh, evenings, whoa. and uh, it's going to be sixteen weeks. I know, but the reason is, you know, they told me, well, you know, these kind of courses uh, they're non essential. So uh, typically those are eight week classes, and they're three hours. And I'm thinking, okay, I need but I, I got to show movies. I need four hours, and I need sixteen weeks. Because there's so many Star Wars movies. I mean, we can't show them all. Right. And I haven't decided which ones we're not showing yet. This well, is... Are you going to show Clone Wars? Well, we have to do Clone Wars, yes. So you would show the Warner Brothers movie. I don't know that we'll watch that movie. I think there's better episode arcs than that right. movie. So
1: are you going to stick with movies or are you going to stick with well, it is the culture,
2: entire genre? It's
1: culture, media, and uh, uh, cinema. Oh, so, so are you going to have them read like a Timothy Zahn book? I'm not going to have them read those books cuz they're all not canon anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll just have a a talk, you know, it'll be part of a lecture that you wasted so many years yes. reading all these books and then Disney said that they don't mean a damn thing. Did you? I did. I did not.
0: Well, I read uh, them all. Lucas fiddled so much with the early Yeah, but prince. he
1: but he would he would take stuff from the books and then incorporate them into the movies. And vice versa.
0: But what I'm saying is they don't really have an original print of the first one.
2: Well, yes and no. Disney owns that now that they bought Fox. Yes and no. Apparently there's... uh, I've heard reasons, and I can't recall them now, forgive me, why Disney uh, cannot simply say, well, now that we own this, we're going to release the unaltered original 1977 version of Star Wars as opposed to the Episode lupus, 4 you know with all the digital tinkering mm-hmm. and everything that he did in 1997
1: I think that was part of the, the I think onward. that was part of the plan.
0: Um, I I've, heard a lecture at Sundance and some dropping names here with a, a, a Steve uh, the the Steve Spielberg no. no, Stephen Sansweet. No, the the uh, documentary director from uh, that went to Carbondale. Steve James. Yeah, Steve James, and a bunch of people that you know the the Library of Congress, and they were talking about Star Wars as an example of why we need to preserve film, because. That one's been so doctored. The original special edition of Star Wars on DVD
1: contains
2: both films. I okay. That's what I have. Although it's not an anamorphically enhanced disc, and apparently- That's a big deal. Doesn't look too bad. Well, to blow it up on a big screen in a lecture hall, I don't know- How bad it- It's still a DVD. It's still digital. Yeah, but it's not- it doesn't fill the screen proper. It's, it's it's, back when, it's not 16 by nine. No, it's, it's, well, I mean, the, the aspect ratio is 16 by nine, but the disc itself and its authoring isn't flagged to properly decompress to fill your HD screen uh so a little nerdy tech talk there but i'm just saying all that to say well, the they, dvd you're referring to carl yes is not properly it would probably look like well mud. they it would they be released, low resolution they released that on purpose exactly so you could watch it at home but you yes. could not put it out for display correct I, I have, so i'm I gonna have, have to make the decision mm-hmm. you know am i gonna go with I that have
0: vhs's so I do,
1: do i i do too i, I have know. it in every format <laughs> I don't know if we could run that.
0: Yeah, um, you probably not because if you have a smart classroom like I do for media, there's no VCR.
2: Well, the classroom might. My, just bring one my first experience teaching at Webster was I got I a smaller lecture hall, which was not a smart classroom. It was dumb as a post classroom. <laughs> in fact, every uh, week. chalkboard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Every week the uh, media cabinet was torn apart and rewired. So I would. I would go in, I'd have this thing timed to the minute, and we'd go in and start the class and wait a minute. no people would show up. My PowerPoint won't be, yeah. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the big awesome lecture hall that I'm going to be working in for the Star Wars course, um, this will not be an issue. And that one's sold out. The class is sold out. Although um, I just uh, got them to add five um, audit seats (sighs) so you can audit the course. You mean just show up? Right. You're taking, <laughs> you be you're taking the course, but not for credit. Right. And, and, uh, you so, have to pay. Yeah. To my knowledge, do you? I think so. You do. You're okay. Still, you still have to be a member of the university. And in addition, if you really want to come to the class, just talk to me. Right. But um, it's, it's going to be- um, If you need a speaker- I, I'm. I'm well, I already... we've already talked about I this, know, Carl? We did. I, 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 I I want. Yes. It, it, do, it depends on the hockey schedule. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll work around that. All right, we'll work around that. Whatever. There's w- not. There's not a lot of Tuesday. Whatever games. week works, I, I want Carl to come in and talk about collecting uh, the art of collecting Star Wars. That's over, awesome. Over the years, right? That's awesome. And, and is, I most because I mostly
1: stopped after 2005 because it was just too much. Yeah, yeah. Because once Disney got involved, you can you can have. Name him an item, it now has Star Wars on it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm wearing and, my Star Wars
0: shoes. Today. And when Carrie Fisher died, Max just happened to be in Max Boise. Just happened to be in Target. I mm-hmm. think or one of those discount stores, and and uh, everybody headed for the toy aisle as soon as the news broke. Mm-hmm. Buying Princess Leia's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: I was seeing Monkey Rogue One Leia. in the theater when she died. I didn't know it, of course, mm-hmm. and I came out to go pick up my kids, and I was informed that we just lost her. Hmm. Yeah. So that was weird to see her say hope. And so, then.
1: thank you for being here. Yeah. Are, Are we, we done? We, no. Uh, we <laughs> we haven't. Have to- we have two. Show we have two films do. that came out this week that we've seen. Actually, well, actually, I've Carl's the only, that's the only one. one. <laughs> there <laughs> have been weeks. There have been weeks where I have seen nothing, and there this week I saw the two big ones. And last week I we lied to you. John Wick beat. Avengers. Avengers only had a three-week run. We thought it was going to be a full month and that Disney would take over. Disney will take over this weekend when we start with Aladdin
0: today.
2: You think Aladdin's going to be a number one I box do. office uh, I do. film? I
0: yeah. do. I do. They're not releasing too much this weekend. Remember the traditional it's Memorial Blancas? Day? Yeah, but they used to always do the big tent pole Memorial Day. And you now that they're doing Avengers it a, month was later. a month ago. I know. That's why they started doing it a month ago. But it used to be this was the weekend that you had the big ones. Right. Correct.
1: I was on the press junket for Aladdin down at Walt Disney World. In 2000, no, I'm sorry, 1992,
0: 1992,
1: it was the the grand opening of Splash Mountain, and they showed us a print that was not finished of Aladdin. So they, you know how you keep seeing like these production stills. Of course. There There were scenes of the film because they were still like trying to finish what Robin Williams had given them in the voice studio, and so there were pencil drawings in parts of the film. So I have an affinity for the original 1992 classic, part of the resurgence, the renaissance of Disney after uh, 1989's Little Mermaid, and then that, and it ended with The Lion King. So you've got all those films in there, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed Aladdin. I have a special place for it. My wife and I, well, my girlfriend at the time, we were down there and we had a good time, at, on Disney's dime. And I want to mention that up front. This is not that movie. Um, as since I guess the first one is, 101 Dalmatians when they started making all these, uh, revamped live action, but there's still a lot of CG in all of making of these movies. The original Aladdin was, um, criticized at the time for not being so, um, uh, uh Muslim centric, sensitive, well, and then they had to change lines for the for the VHS release and the right. DVD release and because they were not very politically correct. Even back in the nineties, right? They said, "Oh, yeah. well, maybe we shouldn't have said that." They got flagged. This one is mostly um, Islamic, or actually, our Aladdin's from Canada, but they're they're the mostly, actor, yes, not uh, in the movie. Right. His name is Menemassaud. He is. Uh, canadian but he's also egyptian so they're all most of the actors are from the middle east okay and he was on a show called raising or surviving hope or saving hope it was a cbs procedural starring starring erica durance our durance i I was anyway she's gonna be in metropolis next weekend um she was lois lane on smallville so he was on that show. He was also in uh, the Jack Ryan uh, Amazon show. And your lead woman is Naomi Scott. She was a Power Ranger or she was in one of the later Power Ranger movies and she has a great singing voice. And then you have Will Smith as Genie. Mm. Not doing a Robin Williams impression, doing a Will Smith impression. Mm. And I I'm fine with this movie. It's oh, really? but a lot of people hate it because they say, first, it's unnecessary, but you could say that Cinderella was unnecessary. You could yeah. say Maleficent was unnecessary. You could say that the upcoming Lion King is unnecessary. You can say all of the ones—I I will say Dumbo was
2: unnecessary. How many movies are necessary, really, though?
1: It, true. they Disney, yes, Disney's just falling back on themselves. Yeah, but Disney used to release these movies every seven years, if you remember that. So— there instead of doing that because everyone owns them now and in in the end of the year disney plus you will all have them on your phone in every single every single way that you want them i didn't mind this movie the first one was more fantasy this one is being called romance slash family film the word fantasy is not in there at all and i just read i heard a report that aladdin might have been a real person and if you remember this but not the genies or the flying carpets. But Aladdin might be been a real person that was a street rat that worked his way up to, uh, I guess, royalty. Because the sultan. The sultan mm. is played by Naveed Negaban. All right. And he does not – they aged him. They put the big beard on him. And some of the stuff that from the original 1992 film – I always had questions about. This one, since it's longer, it fleshes out some of the things that I always had questions on. It's directed by Guy Ritchie, Yes. So Guy Ritchie, you know, I guess he's most famous for doing Sherlock Holmes now. Now. Now, but you know, he was doing Snatch and uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and and he was, and he was very, he was very niche, edgy. Yeah, he was edgy. This
0: movie's not edgy. This is a family film. And this, it's just when you see the director, you're you're like Guy Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. Well, then you get Kenneth Branagh
1: doing uh, Marvel movies. So there's prestige, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's a challenge, too. One of the things that I think is, is in Aladdin's favor, as the mother of boys, um, my sons were eight and five when the movie came out, and they must have watched the DVD, uh, the VHS 50 times, mm-hmm. if not that. It's not just... Disney princess, not just girl. Well, it's 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 a you know it, it's a little boy. A little boys can get behind it, but you do say that there's a female empowerment. There's line? a
1: female empowerment. Uh, I want to mention uh, Marwan Kanzari. He plays Jafar. He's a really good Jafar too. Fantastic. And um, Nassim, Nassim Padrad, who was on Saturday Night Live, oh, yeah. she plays Dahlia. Who because Raja can't be. They they make this more realistic. Raja the lion can't be her best friend and confidant. She has to have like a real person because <laughs> the lion in this movie acts like a lion. And okay. speaking of that, Alan Tudyk plays Iago and it's not the Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried was upset that he wasn't cast as Iago in this movie, which it for what they did, Alan Tudyk is a fine because you know why? Mm-hmm. Iago is a parrot in this time. He's not he's not over the top like uh Gilbert Gottfried was. It's, it's not a cartoon. It's it's mm. It's more like Alan Tudyk just says, uh huh, you're going to get him. But he acts more like a real parrot in this. And so that's why Nasim Pedrad is playing her handmaiden, who the genie has a crush on.
0: Oh. And well, uh, uh, that Alan Tudyk, he's been in a lot, he's uh, voices Firefly. of a lot of mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. D- Disney movies. He's right. been uh Big Hero 6. Right. I think he's in all the Toy Story Rec- ones. Wreck it, Ralph. He's King Candy. Yeah. King yeah, in the first yeah. record, Ralph. Yeah. Yes. yeah, so he's a, he's quite, you know he's known for his Disney voices. Yeah. Well, but he but he's got his science fiction cred with Firefly. Okay. He a, yeah. you're saying he, he did not in fact
2: wear a parrot suit on screen. No,
1: no, they have they have a real parrot. Well, it's probably a CGI parrot, but I would imagine that there was yeah. a real parrot. First off, and Will Smith does do. It's not a Robin Williams impression. He does at the end of the credits. There's a DJ DJ Khaled will smith version of friend like me but that's not in the film that's just during the end credits and naomi scott does have a female empowerment song because jasmine if you if you look at the dvd uh straight to dvd's two sequels there was uh, the return of jafar and aladdin and the king of thieves which is all about aladdin's parents and that, that was the big to do because dan castanello did the genie in the second one. And then Robin Williams came back to do the third one. Uh So there's a whole, and then there was Aladdin TV show. So Disney's got this whole canon of Aladdin stuff. They throw all that out the window, but they still pay tribute to it. And they talk about a lot of stuff. Jasmine wants to be the Sultan. But back then in Agrabah, women being sultan, women's got to be married. The the husband's got to be the sultan. And so she sings a song called Speechless because she feels that her voice is not being heard. Mm. And a lot of these songs, just like if you you think about the original Aladdin, they sing these songs in parts. And then it's just part of a longer sequence. This one is like part one and part two and Friend Like Me. And then they keep going back. Aladdin really doesn't have that many songs. (laughs) It's got a whole new world, Friend Like Me. Uh, Arabian Nights, and the Street Rat song, and mm. I think that's it.
0: Well, how is the music? And
1: the this? music's the music's fine. I actually, I because for a while I'm like I want she, I her lip syncing was phenomenal because you know they don't really sing on set. Um, his I I wasn't bothered by uh, Will Smith. Our friend Jim Batts says that Will Smith's got a bodybuilder body, and the genie was always uh, built like a bowling pin. And it—he was distracted by Will Smith's head being on this uh, uh, Dave Bautista type body. I, it didn't bother me at all. He's a genie. I'm—I'm willing to forgive that. And I saw it in IMAX 3D, so oh. a lot of the poof and blue smoke. It was uh, it was fine in that.
2: Was the film? Was it an eyesore of a movie? Which you know. A
1: lot of people it, are complaining about the CG. Garish. I am not complaining. I'm not complaining about that. I, and once again, I have a special place in my heart for this movie. It it was fine. It's a fine remake. And and just like some of the Disney remakes are great, like. Uh, I, I think Beauty and the Beast is fine. A lot of people think too. it people people think it is great. I it depends if you love Emma Watson it, it's or not. Good. It's good. It's good, but it's not. It's good, not, but it's not. No, none of them have I I, I ooh, you none know of what? Them I'd have say Jung, the I would say animation. Jungle Book. That's the best one. Ex- Jungle yeah. Book has probably surpassed the original.
2: Yeah. And that might be the only one. Agreed. Agree. I agree. That that has a lot to do with though the original well, Jungle that, Book and its place when it in you know, 1967. In animation, what was happening in animation at the time. Versus, and it was waltz. Versus what's happening in 3D CGI now. It's too And different, John Favreau's a fabulous levels. director. Oh, and it yeah. It looks so yeah.
0: beautiful. And they had so many good voices. But it looks so beautiful because and, it's see, jungle. It, it, and, it gives know. me
1: hope for Lion King. Correct,
0: yes. Right, and s- but the this- first movie without a human character. There's your talking lions. Uh- you know, mm-hmm. well, uh, the uh, getting back to the music. Let's All talk right. about this a little bit. Okay, okay. Alan Menken, mm-hmm. obviously the, the he gets r- credit, and
1: was- they they give credit for new lyrics because right. they do have new lyrics.
0: Okay, so. The original lyricist Howard Ashman died of AIDS, and yes. then Tim Rice came in and, did, finished it off. and finished it off. Now, on the Broadway production, which just celebrated its fifth year on Broadway. Which started here in St. Louis, by the way. Right, they did at, a the at the Muni. at the Muni. With John Tartaglia. Mm-hmm. Awesome as the genie.
1: And he rode a motorcycle through the Muni uh, seats.
0: Yeah, I love him. He's so, so as good. As part and of the show so nice. or just after no, hours? No, 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 that's how the pardon. genie makes his
1: entrance. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. And it was good. It so was it well had done. it
0: had its Broadway trout. But Chad Bagelin of Centralia, Illinois, is a Tony-nominated lyricist and book writer, and I've i I've, I've I've I've, re- re- I've written about him many times. I, I've know him. He's a nice guy. Anyway, he got a call from Alan Menken to write new lyrics for the Broadway show, and he went to Alan Menken's. Upstate New York home And uh, so he was one of the writers On Aladdin Got a Tony nomination for it And he is nowhere to be found On Because this they didn't and, include
1: Any of those new songs yeah. They
0: didn't add Besides the Jasmine song
1: Nothing else is new But if you're okay With Aladdin being on Broadway Why would you not be okay With Aladdin being Remade live action
0: Right And then also uh, There's new lyrics By the hot duo In all of entertainment Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Yeah, if you're not familiar with them, they did La La Land. They wrote the they wrote the Jasmine song, and they also did The Greatest Showman. Mm. La La Land, really? I thought yeah. that was. Uh... No, that's. A, they did the the songs. Um, what's the one that won the Oscar about the stars? Lost in the stars. City and, of stars. City. City of stars, and then it was uh, the yeah yeah. They're they're known. They were. Um, uh, they went to Michigan, and uh, they've done Broadway shows, but now after La La Land, they got Great American Showman, The Greatest Showman, mm-hmm. and uh, now they're listed new lyrics by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Oh, they did Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, they won a Tony for that. Yes. So they're dear the Evan
1: Hansen won every Tony at one except, except for Directing, for directing. and which I can see Come From Away. Won. Yeah,
0: I can see after seeing Come From Away. Why uh, Christopher Ashley won. But anyway, getting back to this. So they have new lyrics in this. So how's the new song? It's uh, certain to be nominated. She
1: has she it's a very female pro I want my voice to be heard. And it's it's different because it's in two parts. First you get it. First, you get her lamenting over her not having a voice. And then after Jafar is taken over, she has a part two is actually stronger and better for the story because she wants she wants the people of Agrabar to be on her side to overthrow Jafar because they actually do something that I'm not going to mention that I think works better in the live action version than it did in... The original cartoon, they actually do two or three of those things that make more sense, which is, I'll tell you one of them, when Aladdin is underwater and Robin Williams is trying to wake him up and to sign off on that second wish. I can't save you unless you say it. This has a better payoff for that than uh, I guess I guess we'll just make do with we'll worry about the stuff later. Mm. It it because that always bothered me. Like oh well I guess you can just break the rules when everybody can't break the rules for this. It it makes more sense in the film, which I I give Guy Ritchie credit for because there were things you know if you, you can still like a film and still have problems with it. I always had a problem with that in in the animated film. I enjoyed the movie. It's, I, I still prefer the original. And our friend Jim Bats and our friend Dan Buffa Buffen. do not care for the film. And they do not like, and you know what? That's well, fine. You go read their reviews then. Or yeah. Listen, listen
0: yeah, to their, however
1: are, they're going to be available. Danny this, says it's unnecessary.
0: Do you, When I was a kid, Arabian Nights was one of the classic uh, books Arabian? that you read. Yes, and this is based on 101 Arabian Nights. Right, and I remember that, and I remember Persia being very exotic, and that's what you thought of when you thought of the Middle East. So do they have that very exotic culture?
1: It was shot in Jordan, so yes. I have a question.
0: Yes, sir.
2: Okay, and this will be my only question uh, about this film because I don't care that much. I was going to go to the screening, by the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it was, but there the, was a, the, the, the tornadoes. Right. And, and I'm driving to the theater, and the radio station we were listening to was taken over basically by tornado warnings. Right. And this, they're just going on about how dangerous it is. And I had my so daughter, my 10-year-old daughter with me, and she's in the car. She goes, can we go home? And I'm thinking,
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, so, it, well, yeah, and they had him all night. You probably heard the siren,
2: right? Sure. No, we were driving, and it was not looking good. It was also so, game six. Yeah, and so, so oh, they were just we were. doing it for the blues game. I bailed on on the Aladdin uh, screening, so I cannot. That's why I could not participate in this review. And Carl well, did it all.
1: Dan said it's not that good. It lacked the magic and charm of the original. Will Smith tried, but he failed to really give it any spark. To me, it's a pointless remake. I laugh for the wrong reasons
2: at too many parts. That's like his opinion, man.
0: I believe, you know what? Yeah, it's all our so, opinions. And, and if you have children, that's where you're going to go this weekend.
2: So, uh, I'm not. Well, here's okay, my, so what was your my question? question? Here's
0: my question. Um, the original, the cartoon, the Disney
2: Aladdin you referred to mm-hmm. from 92, that Disney film uh, drew a lot of positive attention, if I remember right, at the time for bringing to the table, the Disney table, a certain... Um, a woman Looney, of color? Looney Tunes. No, no. Um, a Looney Tunes, uh, Tex Avery kind of sensibility. Kind of a manic, wacky, and this is a, due a lot to Robin Williams. Yes, it was due to Robin. They had to redo it because yeah, of Robin Williams. Which, you know, Disney always ha- is known more for kind of, the, you know, the classic The Disney style. The Disney style, exactly. And this one was something different not just because of robin williams but also because of the wild adventure and the right. pacing and and it played more like an indiana jones movie via right. looney tunes and tex avery at times uh, which tex avery and, and looney tunes is like far from the disney classic I'll say disney this is more uh, fritz freeling <laughs> oh, okay so yeah my question is uh how much of that great uh at the time, celebrated sensibility of the uh, Aladdin is in this—the comedy, the the manic, uh, that. How if,
1: if if those were a, if those were an homage to uh, Tex Avery, this is an homage to 1992's Aladdin All right. because it's still. I guess it's a. Uh, it's a copy of a copy. Yep,
0: I got. I follow you. It's like the new Star Wars. Well, see, like, well, nobody you know. can imitate Robin Williams, so why would but, you even try?
1: Exactly, and that's what uh, that's what our friend Jim Bat said. He's like, it's very insulting to the animators of the first Aladdin because they're just taking. They're not doing anything original but they're not trying to do anything original. I and mean, if you go back to 101 Arabian Nights, they stole that story too. It's and Pinocchio is they they've all been based on other things. And now they're based off of something that was based off of something else.
2: Yeah. And so No, I'm not I'm not concerned with all of this derivation. That's just part of it at right. this point. But I, it, know, it's, it's, it's very faithful to the
1: original cartoon. Interesting. Okay. And so they still I mean, Friend Like Me is a big dance number, but it's more based in reality than mm-hmm. the whole Cave of Wonders. So he has he has uh, Apu, the monkey, who is a CGI monkey, playing all the instruments in that, and then he replicates himself. And Friend Like Me, Oscar-winning song, great set piece from 1992, but this is more based in reality.
2: My four-year-old Would is, love this seeing, movie. is seeing it now mm-hmm. uh, for good attendance. They took the kids that got oh. good attendance to see... Aladdin so so basically our, they took the whole class because they don't want to <laughs> I don't know our four-year-old yeah it's like the second to last day of school so mm-hmm. whatever yeah our uh, my four-year-old will be the only one in our house who's seen the movie now I'm not worried about her blurting out spoilers because like you said you say, already know how it happened it, yeah it's, all, no, it's but Aladdin the, there's the, there's subtle differences is she going to come home scared no good
1: no because you know what I actually think that Jafar in the movie is a in the cartoon is a lot scarier than they make him in the and the scene near the end where i can't i can't spoil because it's it's a 35 year old movie Mm -hmm. um 25 year old movie go ahead uh where he becomes where he gets his comeuppance let's say okay uh that's less scary than it was in the cartoon animated because it's, it's once again, it's more based in reality. You could see this actually happening if, you know, like there was magic around. It's more Harry Potter style of magic than it was cartoon magic. It's fun. Is it yeah. fun? It's a fun movie. It, are mm. any of Guy Ritchie movies fun? Man from no. Uncle? No. Okay, Man from Uncle. I really enjoyed that, that movie. Good. I yeah. really, and I hope they, Army Hammer said they are still wanting to do a sequel to That'd that. That would be fine. I would love that because I thought all three of them. All three of the leads, Army, Henry, and Alicia, I thought they were great, and that set up for a great sequel. Lynn, did how, you see it? How I about, did. Uh, I Sherlock did. Sherlock Holmes, I the first did. one.
2: The first one? I thought the first one was fun. fun. Really fun. The second one, really Shadow, fun. Game of Shadows? a little heavy there. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Not as fun. Okay, so let's say this is as fun as a Guy Ritchie movie could be. I'll take it. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move on to. Uh, a, f- a more uh, female empowerment movie. Yes, Booksmart. I'm I saw to that. See it today. You are going to see it today. Well, it stars. Well, first of all, it's directed by Olivia Wilde. That's the thing that you should know first. And it's written by a pair of women. And so, oh, novel. It's well, it's being compared <laughs> to. Max said he didn't see it, but he said it sounds like Lady Bird and uh, Superbad. And yeah. I said that is a very good uh, description of this because it stars a uh, Caitlin Deaver, who was in Short Term Twelve, and it also stars Beanie Feldstein, who was the best friend in Lady Bird.
0: Well, I have seen I have seen that quote uh, the female super I have I've, too. I've... I've seen that. That's what they're loving on. In you know, like okay, yeah, yeah.
1: No, she also was in the Neighbors Two, um, Sorority Rising. She was one of the uh, oh, sure. sorority girls. She's the sister of Jonah Hill. Oh, well, which is go. which is why you get the uh,
2: super bad comparison. Suddenly, the super bad comparison just becomes lazy.
1: Well, no, because these okay here's the here's the situation of Booksmart. Okay, uh, Beanie she plays Molly and she's the valedictorian of the class in Los Angeles. And then uh, Caitlin she plays Amy. She's the salutatorian. are they hang out. They're best friends. And so they're going, one of them is going, uh, Molly's going to go to Yale and Amy's going to go to Botswana and make tampons for women who don't know how to make them. And someone makes fun of her and says, the blood brings the lions. So they're both bears. Well, anyhow, they are the top two in the class and they've spent their entire four years of school preparing for this moment because they were going to be, they're going to be. That top of the class, and they're going to go off. And then no one in this school talks about where they're going to school either because they think it's, you know, if you're not going to a good school, you. Uh, you don't want to embarrass anyone else. And so Molly's in the bathroom one day. And oh, yeah, by the way, Amy is a lesbian, but she had, she came out her sophomore year, but she's never even kissed a girl. She's never even acted. She just knows that she likes girls, but she's never acted upon anything in her life. Okay. So Molly's in the bathroom. Molly's in uh, Amy's bathroom because it's a gender-neutral bathroom. Because of Amy, they had to make a gender-neutral bathroom. And people are in there making fun of Molly, saying that Molly doesn't have any, any – uh, Personality. They're saying she's just so book smart. She doesn't have any street smart. She's she's just she's as dull as she is smart. And so she comes out there and she confronts them. She does the whole thing where the smart girl comes out to the kids and says, "Oh yeah, well in a year from now I'm going to be running. I'm going to be at Yale and she's breaking the rules. eh? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be at Yale and I'm going to be interning for a Supreme Court justice. And then I and where will you be in a year? And the girl looks up and says, "Oh, I'm going to Yale too." And one of the guys says, and she says, "Where are you going?" And then the guy says, "Oh, I'm going to Georgetown." He's in the bathroom because it's a gender-neutral. Oh, bathroom. oh right, right, okay. I and forgot. so, Sorry. and then the other My school's different now. Yeah, and man. then, and so she looks at the slacker loser and says, "Oh, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to college. I got a six-figure job at Google." And she's like, "But you failed seventh grade twice." And she, he says, Meh. yeah, but I know how to code, and so He's right. She has realized that she has wasted her high school years. All these other people are get are just as successful as she has as she is, but they did not. They're partiers. They didn't waste their lives just doing school. She could have given herself time for fun, and so Molly and Amy have a mission. They're going to go to a party that night, and they. This is their story of them trying to get to a singular party. They wind up going to more than one party due to the adults in their lives. Uh, Jessica Williams plays Miss Fine. She does the uh, New York Times crossword puzzle with them every day, and they time it. Uh, She's from The Daily Show. You have Jason Sudeikis, Olivia Wilde's husband, playing the principal of the school, and he also is involved later in the film. You also have Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte as Amy's very religious fundamental parents who are also okay with her being a lesbian but anytime she does anything lesbian you can see their faces just turn beet red we support you in everything you do mm. it's it's very it's very well done and then the rest of the kids i wasn't sure about them but i want to i want to single out one billy lord is one of the kids even though she's almost 27 years old she's playing a high school senior and she is She's a pixie. She's a manic pixie girl. She shows up at all the right times. She does all the right drugs. She's at every party, and she is the one that is helping these girls on with their journey.
2: You're referring to Carrie Fisher's daughter, Carrie Billie Fisher's Lord?
1: daughter, Billy Lord. Yeah. She's actually great in this film. Very good.
2: Playing, a, she's
1: manic pixie girl. It's sure. she, she's a trope, but that's, that's her part. She is doing it very well. Questions. Because right. I don't want to give away anything else about this movie, whether they make their journey or what's going All on. All right. Olivia it,
2: Wilde is a first-time director, mm-hmm. mostly known for being an actress. Very well done. How well does she do here? She
1: does fantastic here. She does a couple tricks with the camera that were very impressive. And I said, and then there were some gimmicky things. And I said, oh, Ugh. she's trying this out. But you know what? Most of it worked. And okay. I was very happy with what she performed she and keep, how she keeps did. it moving? She did. Okay. Uh, the movie's not that long. It was uh, probably hour and a half, hour 40. I I had a good time. Uh, oh, it's hour 42. I took my daughter to eighth grade last year. The movie. The movie, mm-hmm. because at the time she was in eighth grade. So you also took her to actual eighth grade sometimes. And I did. And yeah. so I was glad I took her to eighth grade. I am glad that even though she is now going in to be a sophomore – I'm glad I did not take her to Booksmart. Mm. There are drugs. There are sex. There are Mm. uh, language. Eighth grade was more wholesome and sweet, making the transition from grade school to high school. This is more adult making the transition from high school to college. Dazed and confused. Uh, I'd say it's smarter than days and confused days and confused is a snapshot of a time. Yeah. Because this is also a snapshot of time because, uh, some girls are having an argument and everyone what's up their phones and you're like, mm. you are doing this and it's going to be online. But that actually plays into the whole snapshot of this time right now, it does. because before everyone would just be probably, uh, uh, talking about it in an email now that everything's live right
2: true now uh, it's to... written
1: by emily halpern sarah haskins katie Sl- silberman and Susanna fogel Who's that? and uh those are the, those are the women that wrote this so this is and it doesn't feel like you're beaten over the head it just happens to have two female stars because we've seen this story from the male point of view Many times.
0: Sure. Now I heard that the female friendship is more important than the sex scenes in this movie. Would yeah, you, would... there's
1: only there's there's not really there's one awkward uh, sex scene. It, it but <laughs> it's still produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. So mm-hmm. if that steers you in any direction, but it shouldn't because it's it's still a wholesome comedy, even though it's not really. That wholesome. So what age do you think
0: is appropriate to watch the film? It's rated
1: R. And I would say, if you're probably a junior, senior in high school, maybe senior in high school, because you can probably relate to this. And if you're a freshman relating to this, uh, talk to your parents.
2: Yeah. <sighs> so, my I'm gonna yeah, you the have risk Another question of, at the risk of derailing this entire thing, mm-hmm. Carl. Uh, if the movie would have been what I initially, when I read the title, thought it was. What do you think um, it was? Well, well, I thought maybe they missed a space, and it's not Booksmart, but book Booksmart, like a, oh, like a comedy like about a, a big box store that no. sold only books, <laughs> and the, the wacky that, shenanigans that go on at book. Books Mart, like Superstore. That, mm-hmm. that I'd, right. like, I'd like to see that film. No,
1: no. They, oh. they ha-
2: it's called Superstore. It's on NBC
1: every uh, Thursday night. Oh, yeah. Well, well. Watch that. But, but but see, so the person having the party is the vice president because you know Molly's also the president of the student council, mm. and the vice president of the student council, he's the party dude, and the party is at his aunt's house because his aunt's trapped on a boat, and everyone's crapping in buckets, and so her house is available, <laughs> and he's fun. but then they realize. <laughs> They don't know where that is, and yeah. so their journey in trying to get there is uh, the super bad. Like is the comedy of errors.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm uh, I'm all for female empowerment, so I look forward to it. It's got ninety nine percent of not? To is anyone us.
2: here not for female empowerment? Well, it's just show the, of hands. Well, because the thing they have daughters. No? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, We're all it's good. It's not. It's
1: not just that. It's just that these stories have not been told before. Right. It's, not, the, it's not necessarily new... female empowerment. It's just that these women are now getting the opportunity to tell their stories.
2: Right. Sure. It's just it's a story about about girls, and that itself is important. Right. It doesn't need to be like oh they're strong but and, the, the, the and powerful and the, the gender triumphed. of it's these just... people. It, I don't think it really matters. No. You could
1: have had a type A personality that was a boy, and it was, and he still could have not been in love with. The crush of
0: whatever this is the teen comedy following all the teen comedies like yes. clueless yeah but this
1: one's smart smart sure. i'm glad th- th- this yeah. is like a mean girls of and i also think that it will it might not do well in the box office now but this is one of these films that's going to grow it's going to be like a mean girls or an easy a that will have an audience that will continue to grow and be appreciated more later
0: you know one of the one of the best things about say anything that nobody ever mentions is the beginning scenes when they're having all the parties mm-hmm. uh the kids are having the parties those are awesome it's a great scenes, movie you know? because it just captures the time everybody's been through this whether or not you were the life of the party or on the fringe you know looking in i remember
1: being offered drugs at a party and somebody said he's not into that you can just go away now and it's
2: and i'm mm-hmm. like fine fm radio for all those years and and still you came out on the other side clean.
1: I am not a druggie. Yay! I was offered drugs nine times. It did not go well. <laughs> I think I should stop talking now. Yes. Lynn. Well, let's let's, yes. let's not talk about that. Yes, Lynn. I went <laughs> to college in so, the
0: seventies. I'm I plead the fifth. What's out on the DVDs? Okay, but no, I'm not a druggie. Okay. Let's let on the DVDs? Well, just real quick. Oh, there's, um, there's another, another, movie. another movie called Photograph, and it's a charming a uh, film from an uh, Indian director. That your link didn't work. That my link didn't oh. work. And then I got a new one and it didn't work. And, uh, and it's Danny going tried
1: to... to watch it too and his link didn't work. And, and it so... cut off with like 10 minutes left in the movie and he was really upset about Mine it. Mine
0: just quit in midway. Is it... And, and it was just a really bad link. And then I don't know what happened. But um, it's charming and delightful and it's going to be on Amazon. But Whoa. it opened in theaters today.
2: What you saw of it is charming. Yes. It may take an ugly turn that you don't even know.
0: Yeah, it's about an arrangement. It, ma- yeah, it it's about off. an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh and this couple gets to know each other cuz you know, sure. she's getting pressured, he's getting pressured. It's one of those cuz it's a culture sure. clash. So, uh that is that's what's out now. So, it, you can wait till Amazon Prime. I made the mistake of thinking, "Oh, okay, it started on Amazon Prime today. I'll check and see if I can see it." But it's in theaters first. Then oh. it will be in Amazon Prime and then uh, there's some National Geographic thing called The Hot Zone that Joe Mosquez was promoting but it's I think it's on the National Geographic channel okay so that's what we got but for DVD releases we have one of Carl's favorite movies of the year How to Train a Dragon 3 well yeah because the year's very young and Half I over
1: I, I think no not till not
2: July 4th is the halfway year halfway mm.
1: of the year math okay math
2: we still have another month and a half. I, I was a film major for a reason. I, I didn't want to deal with math. Well, yes. July Little did I know this. frame counting
1: was going <laughs> to... Be involved get, in all y- that? Yeah, yeah. Um, J- I would like to say that How to Train Your Dragon 3, even though we've not seen Toy Story 4, is a leader for best animated film of it's the year. a
2: leader for best anim- Have you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. It it
1: ties up the How you're, How yeah. to Train Your Dragon story the best way it could.
2: Oh, I was talking about Toy Story 4. No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm saying that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we haven't seen that, How to Train Your Dragon right. 3 has never won all three of the... Are none of these movies nor TV shows have won any Academy Awards, or. but they've won a bunch of awards, cool. just not the Academy Award. And it would be a good thing for DreamWorks, even though we've not seen Toy Story 4... It for Best Animated Film.
0: Well, How to Train Your Dragon was always on the St. Louis Film Critics uh, nominations.
1: It's it, The first one has better 3D animation than Avatar did, and I know that's not saying a lot to some people. Oh, no, no, but, that's
2: saying a lot. It, th- those are beautifully rendered films.
1: But How to Train Your Dragon has better 3D animation than Avatar did, and they both came out in the same year. Mm. And How to Train Your Dragon 2 went darker than the first one yeah. and how to train your dragon 3 keeps that theme going but it it ends it perfectly and it's really a shame that TJ Miller's career is in a point where it is because his character that is not him in this movie has a major role and so they had to get somebody else to do it you know, and
2: he has himself to
1: blame. Well, exactly. And so that that's the only regret I have about that film.
0: Well, uh, I enjoyed—I've I've seen the first two, and I enjoyed the hero a lot. Hey, so how is he in this one?
1: Jay Burcherell, he's great. He's—I I, I. I. have enjoyed his character. Arc. I watched the first season of the uh, show when it was on Cartoon Network. I didn't follow it over to Netflix because they made three seasons of these cartoon shows. Yes. And I stuck with the first one, and I loved how they fleshed out the stories and the fleshed out Burke, the city that they all live. And I— I'm a fan of this series, and I'm I'm glad it went out on a high note. Well, you it's, know, not, it's not better than the first film, though.
2: Okay. Well, I'm glad that it went out on a high note, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, for me, I've seen those first two movies, and I enjoyed them while I was watching them, but I don't know why. For whatever reason, I can't.
1: You don't really? like the dragons?
2: I can't get excited about this whole thing. I don't know why. It's just not— Don't you—you you want you want a satisfying conclusion to a trilogy, sure, right? Sure, but I don't care about this trilogy. I, I mean, you know, I, I tried to take my son to go see it when they had some kind of advanced thing mm-hmm. at Ronnie's one weekend, and uh, it was sold out, so we couldn't do it. So, uh, you know, uh, we never did get to it. We wound up it. going to De Pere. Okay. Because, because that one wasn't sold out. That one up. wasn't sold out. Say, I didn't realize that it was an advance. I, I honestly wasn't paying that much attention to release dates. and I was just. It was like at my, three weeks before. I know. I know mm-hmm. that in retrospect. I was looking at my phone going, oh, it looks like How to Train Your Dragon 3 is out. Do you want to see Let's that? I was like, sure. And we went and, and uh, oh, no, you can't see that. That's sold out. I didn't know it was a special preview. Right. Anyway, my four-year-old daughter, this is the other movie. My aforementioned uh, daughter who's seeing Aladdin right now. Uh, for she saw it. attendance earlier in the year. The other movie they took her to see was How to Train Your Dragon 3, making her once again the only person in our household <laughs> who'd seen that film. And, and she came home and was blabbing her, her pretty little head off about spoilers that I could not begin to comprehend what she was talking about. Well, it's okay. And part of it is four-year-old and part of it is How to Train Your Dragon factor. Right. Just all the lore mm-hmm. that you talk about. Yes. Sure. And I'm not
1: going to spoil it for anybody that didn't see it because I think it's a very satisfying conclusion. If you've been waiting for it to come out digitally, you can see it now.
0: Do you think that uh, uh, you have to see the first two to enjoy Absolutely. this? You have okay.
1: to because it, it, it ends up a story that's already been going on for two movies and three television you series. Do you need to
2: watch all those TV
1: episodes? No, you don't. You don't need okay. to watch that. It it it's just It's supplemental.
0: All right, now we have the upside with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart, and it's based on the Didn't far better movie, *The Intouchables*. Oh, the
1: uh, French film, right? Yeah,
0: that won the St. Louis Film Critics Best Foreign Film. Back. Uh, so this that was my uh, first year worst choice.
2: Oh my gosh. So <laughs> the upside,
0: the upside took a lot of heat because Brian Cranston is an able-bodied person, and he played a quadriplegic. And people were
1: mad at Kevin Hart at the time, even though he apologized for. You know. it's a
0: perfectly fine film that shows a different side of kevin hart cranston's always aces you know it's one of those stories it's it has it's by the numbers you're not getting anything unusual or unpredictable or it follows the you know and juliana margulies has a nice little cameo as a mm-hmm. as a dinner date for cranston and she just can't
1: you can't handle the fact that he's in a wheelchair
0: yeah oh can't get past it so that's that's an interesting do they have
1: flashbacks of him walking i can't well but because because that's that's where you would need an able-bodied actor yeah. To, to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're right.
0: And, uh, well, he answered with, uh, you know, lots of people play different parts. That, right. You know, he goes, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a a, a brain surgeon. I I'm don't not make a, meth in my spare time. Right. Thankfully. You know, it's just, it's just no, getting out of hand. No, his meth would be great. It's just getting out of hand, though. The it best. really is. It All this, it's just getting out of hand. Nobody can do anything right about casting these days. Right. It's just getting... Insane. Lots of sensitivities uh, flying around. Right. He plays a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, and he's in a horrible accident, and that's why... And that's why he's in a wheelchair, and he wheelchair can afford bitter. to hire someone
1: to push him around.
0: He has a beautiful house. I demand so Kevin Hart, push me around. There's a whole lot of stuff about Hart being street, hmm. being from you know an mm-hmm. ex-con, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's like an all-in-the-family. <laughs> with a better billionaires okay. lifestyle, no, no, no. you know. So just, who
1: uh, is Kevin? Is he Meathead or is he George
0: Jefferson? He's, um he would be the son. Michael Stivick, Meathead. Meathead. Yeah. The son. Okay. Rob Reiner.
2: You're I don't know. Son. Son-in-law. This analogy is weird. Yes. I, I'll just say. I know. I'm just
0: saying, you know, it's All one right. of those like a sitcom laugh track type oh, of thing. Oh, okay. You know, that's what I meant. Like.
2: Well, the first, the Untouchables, the uh, French film you mentioned, th- that movie I did not care for. Maudlin, not just, uh, just kind of like, oh it my was gosh. very French. No, it was like boring. It was, I don't know. it's it was very maudlin. I just remember that was a strong year that two thousand and eleven or whatever it was was a strong year for foreign language films. and And our group picked that one. It was, it was it was like see. picking green book uh, at the Oscars. <laughs> it was like that one. You picking that one. you 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 made the exact wrong choice.
0: Uh, and we don't was, have enough members. That, that was my I first think. time. That is uh, true. Well,
2: back then, we had thirty-five members voting on things, so it was ridiculous. But um, anyway, that's all changed, um, and
0: I am <laughs> happy to have not seen this film. I am sorry, Lynn. Well, no, it's it's. I think I gave it a C, so it's not like it's not. It's not where, like she wanted to see it. <laughs> it. I mean, no, it's not like I am going to go out again to see it. Okay. I thought. Would it, you watch I, it again if it was no, on? No. I think it does pander to those stereotypes and you know should I just, watch it with my mom no well maybe your mom was like I don't know I think my mom would have liked it yeah, I
1: like Neil Berger he's the director
0: it's you know it's I worked just... on one of
2: his movies did you yeah and so now you don't want to see this movie I didn't see the one I worked on even. <laughs> something about Tim Robbins and Rachel McAdams. Oh, that's to, the
0: one in the airport yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we were filming the airport. Yeah, Lucky a, something. It's, lucky, it's a terrible
2: movie. Lucky Ones. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, I, I helped dress the <laughs> St. Louis part of
0: that. So that was... So. Yeah, I, didn't they shoot it up in Alton or one of those? Oh, it's River Bend area. Yeah, okay. there's some stuff yeah. out on the street for that. And then a, a, a rom-com that I didn't have. And one of the things I really... I, I just hate lame romantic comedies that throw together opposites just because they want to get the money from all the women that think this is going to this is going to fly that old Liam Hemsworth and Rebel Wilson
1: oh isn't it romantic yes I yeah. didn't I my wife wanted to have a girls night and go out and see it and then it was sold out and then they were going to go back and see it the next week and it was gone
2: so is this a rom-com or a spoof of rom-com both It is both how can it Okay.
1: Because she she says, I think I'm in a. I didn't see this movie, uh-huh. but from what I know about it, she says, "Oh my gosh, I'm in a romantic comedy." Oh dear. And then all the tropes happen to her. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I have like, a. If I, I was in this
1: movie, I'm sorry, Lynn. No, no. go ahead. If I was in this movie, that guy w- I would be hot for, and then he becomes hot for her.
0: Yeah, Liam Neeson. Not Liam Neeson. Not Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam, Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth. I'm sorry. Too many Liam Mr. Miley these Mr. Cyrus. Days. Yeah. I mean, come on.
2: Did, did, have you guys seen the Tina uh, or i mean the uh, amy Poehler and uh Paul rudd vehicle uh from uh, uh, several years ago called they came together yeah which was a uh kind of airplane style romantic comedy uh spoof no. love spoof the fun all that stuff. It, it's
0: it's wackadoodle
2: Hmm. It's, it's uh, Yeah if you like Airplane and that Kind of thing uh,
0: It's them trying that With the romantic comedy Oh It was only a video On demand release It, it has and, its moments Oh Yeah Definitely it, Like Wonderlust. Well uh, speaking of Paul Rudd They totally wasted him On the season finale Of SNL Yeah they, they did it was it was That's fine man. but uh, so getting back to uh, isn't it romantic did you see it I did not see it because I have the same problem Jim has I'm still uh, that about Jim's it. gonna have in in, <laughs> in fall well we're just telling people what it's about w- without seeing it uh, yeah so. yeah but uh. you know your class is going to be Tuesday evenings my media class I can't get to the theater sometimes before the seven o'clock start mm. so I you're miss gonna a, find this out yeah I miss a lot of these Tuesday nights things
2: I missed all a bunch of screenings obviously from today's show I've missed a lot of screenings anyway
0: right so because uh, of life not that big a change well yes. um, I had to work Monday night and then we had the blues game oh, yeah there was a team. hockey game yeah. sorry hockey. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. so um, Captain Marvel's coming out on a digital May 28th which is weird
1: because it's not going to be on Netflix it's going to be on Disney Plus in November mm. and then
0: it's going to be Blu-ray June 11th just market calendar. so you can own
1: it you just can't have it streaming and until
0: later right okay so since we didn't see a lot this week we're just gonna tell you about movie news so we had new trailers drop for Downton Abbey Toy Story 4 once upon a time in Hollywood and Woody Allen's latest a rainy day in New York the only one I watched was the Toy Story 4 one
1: I watched them all I have not watched any by choice because you want to be surprised at Tarantino
2: Well, it's not just that. Part of it's time management. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I watched every trailer that came down the pike, I just – I don't know – and I, you know, and then not just watch the trailer, but engage in you know online mm-hmm. chatter about, hey, this trailer. What about the speculation? I mean, I it's I don't, I don't watch Downton Abbey, so I would, not. I, would I, not. I sent it to my wife, and she watched it. it yeah, yeah. That's I'm going to have the same issue. My wife was a big fan, but she's not the certified film critic. Right. So you yeah, know, but you can ask her if she liked it or not, yeah, or so if she's intrigued. Do you and I go sit through this film with our no. wives in tow, and then no, like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to, I'm just going to send her. And then Lynn will
0: see it. <laughs> I'll see it. I'm, yeah, but I'm somebody in, on
2: Zeke will see it. I that, hope so.
1: I hope so. Somebody on Zeke will see it and they can review it for your site. You don't it, have to put yourself through that. That's gorgeous. My no, I'm Maggie I Smith look, in it? Yes. Okay. Okay. She's
0: got the best lines, as usual. In the trailer. So, yes. And uh, she's, Is you know, uh, it's Jordan
1: uh, uh, fellow, what's his name?
0: Uh, Julian Fellows. Julian
1: Fellows. Did he write and direct this?
0: Uh, I'm I not think sure. he, I'm pretty sure he did he have something did, with maybe. it. Uh, the um, Toy the Queen for... and sure. the the Queen is coming to visit. Oh, and, Downton Abbey. and so it's it's so an awesome it take thing. place
1: after the war.
0: Does it? Do they give a timeline? They have that. Aren't they like? I, don't, I, aren't they I, wars? I haven't watched all the seasons, so. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, you I better think catch I up. thought it was 1927. Yeah, but it,
1: that'd be between, that yeah. Really be between wars. Yeah, really be between wars. Yeah, because I know some people died in the war and they didn't come back. But and,
0: then it went up into the 30s. so, oh. yeah. Well then. So, Toy S- Story, still between wars. Toy Story 4 is your your typical trailer to get you in. Uh, well, who's not going to see? This? I have a feeling Bo Peep is going to be bad.
2: I hope not. I I I was so okay. For me—
1: You've seen at least some of the Toy Story 4 trailer. I watched the first Toy Story 4 trailer, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. The uh, first um, t- two—well, the first Toy Story really is one of my favorite movies of all time. The second one I don't love as much, but I still like it a lot. And then the third one I was worried about when they were making that. It was like, why are they screwing around with this? Why are they risking uh, a perfect record here? With, you know? and, and then, then the ending, came, you loved it. Oh, I love 3. Oh, I love it. I now, Now I'm saying the same thing with 4. It's like, why— well, what? see, they're now
1: they're
0: Bonnie's toys.
1: This is a new. This I new, know, but the Andy's Sporky.
0: Gone. I'm not sure about this Sporky, but that, they're putting all yeah, their money on that boy, one. Boy,
2: they're pushing that Goofy thing.
0: Yeah, they're putting all their hopes and dreams As on the, that. Yeah,
1: yes, they, but that means a toy. A toy can be anything.
2: A toy right. can be anything. I know. And if and your child brings it to life, it's it's a toy. But just right. because it's an interesting idea doesn't mean that it warrants uh, another Toy Story full length movie. I mean, they've made a lot of yeah, but didn't you, short films. After, after two, didn't you wonder what happened to Bo Peep? No. You didn't.
1: You were okay with her not being in well, three. Well, they said
2: that she got sold away or something. No, they, there's a throwaway was, line. He was heartbroken that she was gone. There was there's that,
1: one line that just says she's not here. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and Woody, that was enough for you.
2: Woody kind of goes, yeah. 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 And I just thought, well, that's just kind of... That's the toys sad, a sad part of being a toy. But now, see, they're going to reconnect and she's going to be all like all, uh, you know, girl power warrior. She's, no, woman. she's going to be a Tomb Raider. <laughs> and here's what I don't understand. Um, a, a great part of Toy Story has always been that the toys have to work within their limitations as yes. toys. So the green soldiers, uh, you know, they have the green base that their feet are attached to mm-hmm. as part of their molding. They can't just jump off of that and run around. Apparently, the animators considered that and then decided, no, it'd be a lot more interesting if all the toys just have to to waddle function as they are so these guys are stuck waddling with that green base on them why does bo peep get to take off the dress and 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 run around like do ninja moves in bloomers uh when it looks like she's a lamp and she is (laughs) one one molded thing the dress is part of her body that how does this work uh, well, maybe we'll find that out in Toy we'll Story we We'll find 4. that
0: out, and I also think that uh, two, three was really scary for kids with the when furnace they're going to hell. Correct. Yeah, it is. But yeah. that,
1: but they're they're gonna live and die together. Oh, it's so that Max Foye, Max on movies, hates that scene. He says it's the worst scene of any Toy Story movie. that why? Well, because because he's Dante's he's not,
2: Inferno. Max isn't here. If you look Max. at it like, like I do, and I don't want to get too into this, but I've done like a three-day lecture series on the Toy Story films mm-hmm. back when there were only three of them. Eh. It's it's all I, – I think it every film is kind of an allegory for Andy's anxiety at that age of his life. And now that the toys have been handed off, the Andy story is wrapped up. And I thought, well, therefore, the features can be wrapped up. And now we just get these little vignettes bursts of vignettes. Like of, the, the of, party source racks. And, right. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that now, you know, all these years later, we've had quite the gap between three and four. Uh, maybe Andy uh, will have a child of his own and all this stuff will wind up. But it sounds like that's not no. like, like, well, did you see Tony hasn't aged? Uh,
1: toy Story of Terror.
2: Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, that's great. That's And that's with Bonnie. Bonnie, yeah. And then uh, there was another... The th- one with Jesse, uh, Time Forgot. The Toy Story of the Time Forgot, right. which is very nice, actually, too. Um, so you're okay with them post-Andy stuff, but yes. you just don't want them to be features. They need to stay true to the concept, which is now uh, Bonnie's imagination mm-hmm. is kind of running the show. And so, you know, the, the personalities are intact because Andy had his play date with Bonnie where he told her whoever, all these, who all these toys are. So therefore, for us as the audience members, we can, um, you know the the characters are still depicted as we know them because mm-hmm. because Andy, because Andy, Andy forced them her. on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He forced them on her. Although, um, you know, of course, we're going to get more Jesse action. Jesse the cowgirl, uh, and is then uh, a big uh, part Kristen of one Schell's Triceratops. Right. Those are those characters are more featured. And
1: uh, uh, is uh, Pierce Brosnan in this movie as well? I believe he is. Okay, he's the
2: uh, Pickle Pants. Yeah, Mister Pickle Pants. Yeah. So uh no, I I don't know. It's just I, I get skittish every time uh they go back to the well uh on this scale. I, I think people have been clamoring for this though. I guess. Once
1: once the once the half hour things went well and yeah. then the seven minute shorts went well, well, why not do this again? Well, it makes a buttload of money.
0: But it does. uh you know. Is it gonna be is it I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. It's sentimental to me. It's sentimental to me because it one kind you of saw? followed my kids. Arcs, oh, you know? I didn't watch the Tarantino yeah. one. Well, I the, did, and it's oh my god, it's so good. Is it it's how much? So how much is is Manson based? Uh, uh, it's a small amount, but they do show it. But I think the best casting of that whole thing is Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate.
1: I also heard that That's she's not in a lot, or she doesn't talk.
0: Well, they show, I see, you know, You. what do you know about a trailer, you know, because right. obviously well, they, just they, do. Can, they just filmed it.
1: They just filmed it. Was it Venice or was it Cannes?
0: They're at the Cannes and they had the uh, Cannes film, yeah, film Festival. Yeah, uh, Cannes Film t- Festival.
1: Cannes is the thing they do in St. Louis at Christmas time.
0: Tarantino, Leo, and Brad. Leo and Brad look like they have phenomenal chemistry. Yep. And uh, they did a press conference, which I didn't watch yet. But at con when they showed the movie, got a six-minute standing ovation. And they're also saying that Luke Perry was great.
2: Ken is a weird uh, a weird venue for, for gauging audience reaction, though. Um, applause means different things there.
1: They're French. They're... They're right. all movie buffs. Well, and... that's
2: true. It's Tarantino land. They really do worship him uh, at the Cannes. I mean, if you remember, that's where Pulp Fiction really broke. Well, that's what they're comparing out. it. Pulp Fiction is yeah. great, though. And they're, and, comparing and they're doing a it. Yeah. 25 and, and, year yeah. Pulp
0: Fiction retrospective this year at Cannes. And so, yeah, 25 years. He's made ninth. This is his ninth, ninth movie. Ninth film. He's only made nine films in twenty, and he says he's
1: stopping at ten. Oh my God! One more, and
0: I guess that's Star Trek. Well, what I like is is uh, I'm uh, uh, obviously I lived through that period, and I'm uh, I'm fascinated with the Manson family stuff. I've read those books. Mm. Um, They show the ranch. They show the people. Who's ever played Charlie Manson looks very charismatic. Uh, it's it's very interesting Dakota Fanning is playing Squeaky From. Oh, huh. interesting.
1: Yes. Well, it's Tarantino. Okay.
0: Yeah, but the music, with the trailer is so well cut and the music is just fabulous because it starts off with the first riff from Pleasant Valley Sunday of the Monkees oh. and it goes into Paul Revere and the Raiders' Good Thing. Also, well, mm-hmm.
1: it's all 1960s. Yeah, 60s, and, Leo, 60s. and
0: Leo's going to be on Hullabaloo and it, it just has the look of the time, it has the feel of the time, it has the music because one thing I do appreciate about Tarantino is his music score. Yes. Oh,
2: well, he, he revolutionized the way... Music is heard in movies, I think, yes. and used. Right, right. Used, and right. then the so, casting,
0: yeah. Kurt Russell's back. Um, it has a, a lot of his, is Samuel L. Jackson in it? Uh, no, but Dam- Damian Lewis is Steve McQueen. Huh,
2: interesting. interesting. Well, I watched that first trailer, and it just looks like Brad Pitt steals the show, uh, based on that first trailer where Bruce Lee is talking about, you know, how his hands are lethal weapons, and if we get into a fight and I kill you, I go to jail. And Brad Pitt's sitting over there going, if anybody kills anyone else in a fight, they, <laughs> they go to, go to jail. jail. It's called manslaughter. I, I laughed for three days. It's I, I mean, it's it's not the greatest joke in the world, admittedly, but it but caught it's me the delivery. off guard. Exactly. And the moment and just the situation of somebody lecturing Bruce Lee. Um, it. On life, <laughs> on life, right. It's like yeah, I I could just sit there and imagine that Tarantino's always been annoyed by that, mm-hmm. and and thought now's my chance. Now to, I can get him, to, yeah, and I can kill Hitler too. <laughs> I li- I li- I really
0: like that he, think, he yeah they do another Nazi movie, uh, which is kind of interesting. Well, it's Brad Pitt in is it or, it, or is Leo it, Tarantino. Leo.
2: Yeah. Uh, what's come to be known as Tarantino revisionism, where we've seen him kill Hitler mm-hmm. and Goebbels and everybody, uh, and we've seen him. Uh, uh, do the same with where slavery. the slaves won? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to? Uh, are they going to come in and save kill Sharon Manson? Tate and not and, and
0: kill the Manson family? Well, that's interesting uh, that you say that because who knows? Because you know we're not going to get it. It's no, we're be, yeah, we right. will. yeah they I showed mean,
1: us they showed us uh, Hateful Eight.
0: No, I'm just saying. But I meant I, they're not going to tell us beforehand. Oh we're no, we're going to have that. Yeah, we've got and I wouldn't months. want that. Um, it's July twenty sixth. Yeah. And it's 159 minutes long.
2: Wow, mm, cool! Avengers time. I, what, I am very excited.
0: I know what I think. What I think about it is, I love all those backstory Hollywood movies. Mm. I just love that, and this looks like it's really legit in mm. terms of how they capture Hollywood at the time and and all the back scenes. and And uh, it just looks like. You know, you can be very cynical about Hollywood. What? No. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, we're out of time, Lynn. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Oh, okay. what's your favorite war movie? It's uh, it's Memorial Day
2: weekend. Do you yes. have a favorite war movie? A favorite Jim, war movie do you have of, a favorite
1: or, or, or we're
2: focusing on the lost, the In Memoriam. Yeah. Yes. Um, Rogue One. Rogue One. That is a very good choice. I've mentioned that several times it's this podcast. Good, why not go one more?
1: It's a foul, It's it's for fallen soldiers. Exactly, and their their sacrifices saved an entire galaxy. Yep, that's why I picked it. Very call. good. Thank uh, you, and full circle have, with all my references.
2: I would thank have you, not. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I would have not chosen that, but you know what? You should. I, I should have. <laughs> Dang. What Lynn, you what do you have?
0: All right, uh, Apocalypse Now and Saving Private Ryan. I would tie uh, those. See, I, I, <laughs> yeah. There
1: are scenes in Saving Private Ryan that I love, yeah. and there are scenes that I absolutely just hate and never want to see again. The stabbing in the chest, and mm. he's telling mm. him, "Hush, hush, you'll be all right in a minute." Oh,
0: ah, yeah, just, that just breaks your heart. I know. No, um, it's, he's
1: stabbing him in the heart. So really it's uh, somebody's
2: heart.
0: Oh, well, I know. But um, it, in terms of hero, I think uh, I think American Sniper is just one of those movies that just gets you every time you it's watch it. It's a good movie that works within its own uh, little uh, universe. Right. But really, the best war movie Fake is baby. the one that, that uh, Peter Jackson just came out with, They Shall Not Grow Old. Now, see, that's a documentary. I know, but I'm just saying in You're terms cheating. of war, war. But I'm just, but yeah, but there's so many. I think we, we, uh, we discount, we, we don't really talk about the later ones.
1: Okay, I'm going to talk about another one. I'm going to say All Quiet on the Western Front. And the way that ends is very heartbreaking
2: with him reaching for the flower and war as hell. Similar to um, later, much later, Samuel Fuller's The Big Red One. Uh, Which was an autobiography. Mark Hamill's in that. Yeah, Mark Hamill's in More Star Wars times. Autobiographical uh, World War II film by Sam Fuller, who was there. Um, And yeah, all quite on the Western Front. um, One best picture. Terrific uh, film there.
0: In the 20s. Yeah, it was. You're right. And Hurt Locker for modern stuff. You know. Okay, so uh, we also want to just mention every week real quick. I have to tell her. Yeah, because I kind of go backwards. She gets lost. Um, Later? Yeah. Every. Yes. Week. So no. real quick around town, A Monty Python and the Holy Grail is at the Tivoli tonight and Saturday night for the midnight movie. It's holiday weekend. And mm-hmm. um, does that can't get go... a lot of people?
2: people yeah, they do.
1: I, the col- I Well, know. the college kids are getting ready to leave, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but then I don't know. but then the other ones come home. They could watch it on Netflix. And then, so. um, or the, you could have seen it with. John Cleese a year and a half ago, oh. which was so great.
0: Oh, I've I, I Mark just,
1: Reardon did a very good job, and then I met John Cleese afterwards, and I said, um, "I don't know if you were realizing this while you were talking politics, but the gentleman interviewing is a Republican." And he's like, "Huh? Wish I would have known that beforehand." <laughs>
0: that is- and I
1: love Mark. Mark's a good guy, but uh, he was trying. To, he was being a very good host and letting letting the guest say all the things that he wanted against the government rather than the host saying <laughs> Then,
0: whether than doing his, his well, job his on show. KMOX. Good, right. good for Mark. That's very right, professional. Right, right. He, good he's, for Mark. He's a good man. I saw uh, Monty Python uh, at the theater when I was in college. In so. 1974? Yeah, it was awesome. Were you drunk? Uh, no. And it was uh, the night. Oh, just so great.
1: Did you hate the ending then too? No. I love the
0: ending. I
2: guy.
1: hate the ending. I love it. It's such a cop out.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. They...
2: I th- can it,
1: appreciate it more now, but when I was growing up seeing it, I said, this is a crappy ending. I know, by, the
0: knights by... Who Say Knee, The Killer Rabbit. Yes, but it ends don't... horribly. We just showed this to my
2: kids. Uh, we, we sat on the couch and watched this a month ago. My daughter For the it. first time. And, and it ended the way it ends. What's the four-year-old and, say? Uh, well, she was asleep. She was So was the other three. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the movie ends the way it ends. And, and then they uh, that kind of organ music comes on and it just goes to black. And that plays and plays and plays. And we're sitting, sitting there and sitting there. And finally, I look at him and say... That's, that's it. it. That's it. And like, it "That's that's it."
1: But you know, know. I will say that that is a better ending than Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the same ending. True,
2: in with, a with, sense.
1: within a couple with a couple right. years or months of each yeah. other, they both have wacky comedies that end yeah. horribly. Yeah,
2: just break it's down. like they You
1: know what? We didn't write an ending for this. No, but even though even though the ending of Monty Python and the Holy Grail makes yes. sense,
2: it
0: kind does. of, and uh, when they had Spam Blazing a lot of Blazing not. It, w- when they had uh, spam and Eric Muni. Idle showed and, up, uh, that was one of the great highlights of my Muni going life. Was to have Eric Idle come out and all lead us in. Uh, always, always look, look the on the bright, bright side, of side of life with the bouncing ball on the LED screen. That was just like one of the moments. Is uh, uh, speaking of theater, if you have not seen Come from Away, it. it's the final weekend. See it. it will restore your faith in humanity. It's You'll ninety minutes for love. No, uh, no uh, intermission. You are skeptical.
2: Well, I'm just... I don't know what you're talking about. I I, I believe you. I don't want to launch into a whole tangent about whatever this is, but I believe you that it's good. Um, It's it's Canadians being nice to America on September 11th, 2001. I don't know how you guys do it. Following (laughs) sports, movies, television, and theater. But my kids are grown. I can only do movies, and I am not doing it that well all the time
0: <laughs> so well, yeah but if you if you go to Chem from away stay for the music at the end don't be filing out to go get your car no, no, St. No. Louis St. Louis
1: is known for that because there is early. a great
0: finale yeah. called Screech Out okay because they have a
1: song called Screech In before and oh, then they end with Screech Out oh cool and
0: they are making a movie yeah yes. oh. FYI they oh. are making a movie and uh, all right. yes and the blues are this weekend and I just want to tell everybody No, they're Monday night, which is the
1: end of the weekend. End of
0: the weekend. But you can go see it at Enterprise. All the Blues Away games are going to be televised at Enterprise, and it's $10.
1: $5 for season ticket holders, and you can still get food. And and they're not going to be... Exorbitantly expensive. They're still expensive. It's just like you're going to a bar with uh, 19,000 of your favorite friends. Are
2: you working this? I will
1: be working this, blowing the horn when we score, uh. playing the goal song, playing the penalty song when we are on the power
2: play. Okay. Sharp, there, did you mention whether this is free or not? Because no, it's ten dollars. Ten dollars to go watch the game in the arena in uncomfortable chairs on a scoreboard. Yes, mm-hmm. it was sold,
1: so man. Five dollars for season ticket holders. Yeah, right. So find yourself a season ticket holder and save half the price. But you know what? I have fr- I have I saw somebody on Twitter that said I spent sixty bucks and I had an amazing time. It's better than me watching it alone on my couch.
2: What if you don't understand hockey?
1: then you will have 18,700 people there helping you
0: learn. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I'm sure that will be a big help. <laughs> All, right, <laughs> All right. Next say, next
0: week we're going to have the Elton John movie. We're going to have I'm Godzilla. I'm not going to see that. That's game three. And we're going to have – I'm not going to see uh, that. That
1: I'm going to see Ma instead. Okay. I, have, I have a choice of seeing Godzilla or Ma, and I think Ma is going to be more fun than Godzilla. I
2: gave up Godzilla – after to, uh, Skull Island? To a, Z- a Zeke writer oh. um, because I decided that I needed to be benevolent instead of just sending them the stuff I don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, That's I got nice to gotta, gotta give them something big. So you're going to go to Ma? Maybe. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know.
1: It, Ma and Godzilla are the same night. I
0: know. I know. Well, thank you very much for for, for coming for in. Coming in. Yeah, we this enjoyed it, and uh, what, we gave you uh, a half hour plug. I know, <laughs> I know. I, I feel badly. I, I no, no, no. That's no. good. It's good to let people know who we are because people don't know, I and do it makes you week. human. I come away
2: and, saying, "I just I wouldn't shut up." Oh my gosh! Oh, no, it
1: was no, great. You and I really good. just talk for a half. We hour would have cut you off if you that's sucked. Right? Very, very professional
0: in that way, right? So tell people where they can reach you.
2: ZekeFilm.org, Z-E-K-E-F-I-L-M.O-R-G. Just just pull out your phone, type that in right now, and give us a hit. His name is Jim Tudor. He's the president
1: of the St. Louis Film Critics Association. My name is Carl Middleman, a.k.a. Carl the Intern. You can follow me at underscore Carl the Intern on Facebook. No, I'm not on Facebook because I hate Facebook because oh, the government's tracking you. But sure. I'm on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. So underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram. And you can hear me every Saturday night with Max Foisey on Max on Movies. He's at Max on Movies, but he doesn't need any more followers. And he's
2: also on Zeke Film. Yes he is sometimes when he when he can do something. When he can write. When he can do it. Which right. it's been admittedly it's been a while. We miss him.
1: Yes. I'll tell him. I yeah. was with him yesterday. And yeah, our no, lovely no, host No Harm,
2: no foul, Max. Just come back home. <laughs> come home lovely hostess
0: I'm Lynn Van House and you can reach me on the socials I am on KTRS usually every Thursday night but I'm going to be on tonight Friday because you Um, hadn't seen any haven't seen movies because my car uh, got flood flood damage from my St. Louis street thank you city and uh, also uh, I can be in the Times newspapers Webster-Crickwood Times West End Word and South County Times All right, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye, Danny.